You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. It is fantastic to be here, Pogues. I cannot believe you're doing our 500th and final episode. It's just been on a ride. I mean, I can't even... Uh, wait, hold on. I think I, I have a tracker here. I've been tracking our episode count. I think I... Nope. Yeah, I think you're not nope. counting the decimals I put in the mini-episodes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like we still have about uh, 468 more comic book movies. Shit. You're looking at how many movies are left on the list, not how many... Shit! I'm sorry. Um, Are we recording? Are we still... uh... It's fine. Nobody will notice your minor breakdown. Hey, it's me, Ben. Thrilled to let you know that I'm still here, committed to my job... Uh, of of watching movies like Red Sonja and Wanted, but Wanted. I would. They could only all be as good as the Japanese Spider-Man TV pilot, <laughs> if only. Pokes in this mini, just be me crying. Yeah, I mean, I would normally edit it out, but I'm getting kind of lazy <laughs> when I cut these episodes. So fuck it, people are gonna hear you crying. I usually I edit out his gentle weeping at the beginning of every episode, so... But but you cut it out, but you save it in a folder just called Gentle Weeps. I, yeah, I actually had to buy a new 5-terabyte uh, hard drive. If you just look down, and there's a there's an external drive with like a piece of masking tape over it. Just, yeah, just, just with like a drawing of a tear. <laughs> oh, I'm going to remix it as the world's best opening to... I'm going to mix it in with our music. You know, just like... Yeah, just, no, just, no, no, just no. kind of like... <laughs> I don't want to do virus origin story. That's it's gonna be great, kids. Um, There's an alien versus predator requiem. <laughs> Why are there four crow movies? Uh, Why did we do an entire month of Fantastic Four? <laughs> I thought we were friends, folks. When's our When's our crow month? By the way, what we should we should come up crow? with that and bring back uh, our crow expert. Yeah, there's an episode that if you're new to listening to the podcast and you're like, I don't want to go back and listen to all of them. I, I the crow episode is one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah, I would I would thoroughly agree with that. We've got a couple uh, real real heaters in the back in the back catalog. Uh, I think actually we just mentioned any of our Fantastic Four ones. I think were very very special. Yes, ranging from the the 1994 unreleased uh, uh, Fantastic Four featuring Mike Hayes. Up until just just bewildered confusion with Chris Arneson talking about the Silver Surfer, it's and then uh, to the new one which we were just deeply upset by. <laughs> yeah, with Chris, our friend Chris Doom. Uh, with all that said, we are uh, we are of course here for the usual delicious banter of a minisode as our opportune way to let you know what we will be doing next. Uh, we have decided to I think folks I would call this a. Um, would you call this a treat for the listeners and a punishment for us? Was that, is that maybe what you think it might be? The, our next movie? Yeah. I think this is, it's more of a cautionary tale that you shouldn't ask one of your friends what movie you should pick. <laughs> That's the cautionary tale. When you're playing a video game with your buddy and uh, Ben gets on to talk about a movie and you're like, hey, what movie would you like to do? And you realize they were real dumb as a kid and really liked a bad movie. 
I can say this because our guest will not listen to this episode. <laughs> I am uh, I am pretty excited about doing this one, though, despite my previous statement. We are planning to go back into the late... as late as you can in the 80s to find a moment when Marvel didn't quite have their shit together. <laughs> That's right. In a, in a time in which, you know, we got that sweet Captain America movie... Hot on its heels, or possibly shortly before it. I can't remember the order they came. Actually, I think this one came out first. Another property was licensed to star, you know, cinema superstar Dolph Lundgren. Well, I gotta say, we're giving it away, but he he is post Rocky Four and Masters of the Universe. So, which I feel like this is a step up after Masters of the Universe. <laughs> And he would go on to do um, Universal Soldier, mm. uh, you know, and a bunch of other movies that are just sort of a jumble of adjectives and nouns. Yes, oh, yeah, including a very recent movie called Shark Lake. Let that one sink in. As yeah, or or like Hidden Assassin. You know, like it just seems like an unnecessary title. Or you know, Fat Slags. <laughs> Fat Slags. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know, but it's on his IMDb. Um, <laughs> so, Dolph Lundgren, yes, that Dolph Lundgren, most known for his degree in chemical engineering from the Royal Institute of Technology. Which I am uh, still debating whether that is a true fact or something that like a really good publicist just tells people. No, it's a real fact. Um, he, he, was, he was brought on board to star in a Punisher film before Thomas Jane famously took on the role uh directed by a man with no credit except for a movie called dead heat starring treat williams and joe piscopo uh you know it's you know it's a treat when there's treat williams you may remember him from the phantom he was the best part of that movie and they brought on boz yakin a writer who had zero writing credits before this so what does that spell Oh, I don't know, just sort of a confusing, heavily Japanese-inspired film with the budget of a made-for-TV sci-fi movie uh, made in the last two years. It is shocking. We, we found this movie. Uh, it is available on YouTube if you would be so inclined to watch it uh, available for free. Uh, we were just sco- scrolling through it real quick before we started recording. The film contains uh, Dolph Lundgren not wearing the Punisher shirt, which seems like the oddest choice you could possibly make is not to just put him in a skull t-shirt. It's so easy. It's like so deeply easy. Yeah, I, you could act if you go into any like hot topic, you can find by accident a skull t-shirt. I feel like in the eighties they could have gone to like a biker apparel store and just found a shirt with a big skull on it. But for some reason, while fast forwarding, like just looking through, there is a fight in, in a, like a a theme park or like an amusement park like but not like a good one like a fair you know like when you when you were a kid if you went to like the county fair and they had like this the uh potato sack slide and that sort of thing and in it he's just fighting ninjas who look like the ninjas from teenage mutant ninja turtles so it it just seems like a real interesting film and also very confusing because i don't think the punisher ever fought ninjas i don't know maybe he had more to do with the hand than i thought but i can't say that i recall that What's interesting is that this movie actually falls um, within a era of films called the Ozploitation 
uh, uh, genre. Basically, the 70s and 80s films that were just the most staggering, confusing mishmash of low-budget like horror and weird obsession with karate films, which explain the bizarre uh, martial arts influence on this movie. Um, because all this movie, despite Dolph being you know not Australian, was filmed in Australia. Uh, and utilize the strange, uh, 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 lax rules at the time. So it just, I assume, broke about 8,000 filming license codes that would take place today. Probably ended many a stuntman's career. <laughs> so I am, uh, I am very excited because, I mean, this is a movie, like some of the other ones we've done, that I didn't know existed until we started doing this podcast and put together a master list, where I was just like, there's a what now? Uh, we we also uh, this would fall in the category of the D- D- David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie that I did not know existed. Both and of now these, do, and both of those films, I knew and saw part of both of them. <laughs> and I can't ever get that information out of my head. So thank you, this podcast. Yes, um, this is oddly a podcast, uh, a movie Ben had never heard of, a movie I had only seen about ten minutes of when I was a kid. And uh, when we first started doing this podcast, our friend Eric mentioned that he would love to do this because he thought this movie was so cool when he was a kid, which led me to question our entire friendship up until that point. <laughs> a little harsh, but I understand, yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic. And we've got good news for all of you that are listening to this episode, is that this movie is not something you're going to have to go on Amazon and spend two ninety nine for, because it is so low budget and so forgotten by Hollywood or wherever you can associate this movie to, um, strangely, the the uh, IMDb page says West G- Germany, so I don't really know what to think about that. Um, <laughs> but regardless of who this film belongs to, you can watch it on YouTube in full in surprisingly good quality. Surprisingly good quality in as good as a movie can look that was filmed in 1989 was probably transferred from a VHS tape. In which the reel probably fell into a bin of cocaine at some point and had to be fished out. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about this one. I'm looking forward um, to it. In, in the scrolling, like I said, we saw ninja highlights, but I think the part that really intrigued me the most is they drew on Dolph Lundgren like stubble to make it look like he needed to shave. But it's like, I don't know if you remember like if you were ever a kid and you went as like a hobo for Halloween, you know, and you like kind of burn a cork and then rub it on your face to make it look like you have a... I was I'm real old guys. Yeah, did you did you do Halloween in the depression? Yeah, it was less of a less of a disguise, less of a Halloween costume, more of an everyday look. Uh, and when, when I, I was in point line out for that bread, a a tagline of this movie was "I talk to God sometimes." I ask him if what I'm doing is right or wrong, and I'm still waiting for an answer. That is too long for a tagline. <laughs> it should also not be an anecdote, like. A tagline shouldn't be a person telling you a small story. Like, that's insane. Oh, Bogues, I am just kind of amped about this. Uh, so definitely take some time. Uh, throw on a little YouTube on the side while you're playing a video game or or, or, or just k- kick it back for your evening. Or to have just... the best date night ever. Yeah, if you just really want to shake a relationship that isn't going so hot... Just throw this, this this up on the old YouTubes. Oh, yeah. This, uh, dem- will, this will get your partner, male or female, ready and willing to go. Just to be like, ooh, that Punisher movie got me going. 
Well, it'll just get kind of worked up over Dolph Lundgren, which might have sort of a, the opposite effect. I don't know. I don't know. There's also a, a surprising number of geishas in it, so I don't know. It could work out for you. That's fair. Um, it's Spanish fly in movie form. With that said, uh, I think I think that covers what we're going to prepare for next week. But, uh, Pokes, I want to point out that, uh, to no one's surprise, uh, Infinity War has just fucking blown everything out of the water uh, in terms of box office. I mean, just just done uh, just a real just a real work on it, you know? Yeah, I, it's uh, currently at, I guess, $1.6 billion worldwide. Yeah, I mean, it's still under some other films. It's like surprisingly Jurassic World. I didn't realize I had done so well. But uh, uh, it is up there. I mean, it is it is actually beaten back Black Panther, which was doing incredibly well for quite a long time and has still done a respectable job. Uh, number nine of all fucking time. Uh, but Yeah, beating out The Last Jedi and Harry Potter, The Deathly Hallows Part 2. I'm pretty impressed by that. Um so uh, we talked about Infinity Wars, of course, in our last episode, which is obviously full of spoilers. So we'll try to, I guess, avoid them here in case you specifically skip that episode because you didn't want to have it spoiled. But if you were, but here's what happens: it, it turns time... out Thanos is a puppy. <laughs> That's a pretty good turn. Yeah, you don't see when, it coming. And then when the, when the puppy dies, Keanu Reeves is like, yeah. Then no, Keanu no Reeves thanks. just kills everyone. Um. So if you haven't uh, listened to our, our Infinity Wars episode, it's a, uh, I would say, a very good breakdown of successful plot points and character adaptations, some lost moments, some uh, unnecessary screen time that Pogues, I think, very dutifully addressed. Um, it's definitely worth a listen if you want to uh, revisit your thoughts on the, on the Infinity Wars. Movie. Don't worry. I do manage to, be, to complain about something. I, I stay true for my fans <laughs> out there who love to hear me complain about even things I love. Um, Which reminds me, Ben, I have the falling grievances with you. <laughs> well, to uh, to potentially bring the mood of this podcast down, there is sort of a disappointing note, which I was surprised to hear this week, that uh, from our own review of uh, Superman, uh, Margot Kidder has passed away. Yes, sad to see she passed away. Uh, if you haven't listened to our episode, I think, uh, keeping it in contextual to what we're talking about, Margot Kidder's... Lois Lane was pretty good and given some of the worst s- scenes to act out. Yes, Margaret Kidder's Lois Lane is... Well, one, I mean, her role is like... I feel like when they gave her the script, she was like, well, what's my motivation? They were like, horny. And she was like, what? And they were like, yeah, just real horny. Horny, horny, and, can't, horny and can't spell. Yes. And she, and she did her absolute best with that. My God, did she land it. They, um, I will say... In one of the most confusing scenes I've ever seen in a movie where Superman is flying her around and there's like a voiceover of her like reading a poem about like, can you feel me in the air with you? I mean, she's giving it her all, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Less her fault, more the absurd dialogue they made this poor woman read. Despite our ribbing of that film, I was surprised with how uh, the reaction to, to her passing was just people's um, um, remarkable respect for that film. And I kind of forget that, you know, we obviously were watching that movie with uh, a current modern day lens backwards when, you know, with all of these things to compare it to. But at the time, I don't remember ever seeing Superman when it came out. I'm, you know, it was mid-70s. You weren't alive. 
I wasn't alive, uh, or even seeing it like as a kid, even though you know uh, I, I just don't recall ever seeing it before we watched it for this podcast. So uh, I had quite a different take than those who watched it when it came out and were just blown away by uh, the effects and you know bringing a grand character to screen. So uh, all respect to Marco Kidder, of course, despite our despite our uh, our good goose. I was going to say always remember too that we're also looking at all of these movies through a special lens called we're trying to entertain entertain people with this podcast. Yeah, and as we've learned from the Wonder Woman, Black Panther, and parts of the Infinity Wars episodes, it's so hard to do an episode in a movie that you enjoyed. Yeah, because you're just like, remember that one part was pretty sweet. <laughs> you guys, you guys also see that part that was pretty sweet. It's it's okay. hard. It's a hard listen for somebody to be like, it's just people talking about their favorite parts in a movie, and I can't respond. So uh, I would highly encourage you to at least zip through the YouTube video for The Punisher from 1989. You will see Dolph Lundgren drive a bus in an action sequence. As Pogues put out, you will see too many geishas. You will see a man, you will see Dolph Lundgren throw a knife right into a guy's sternum for no good reason. You will see him shoot multiple slot machines. You will see (laughs) guys sliding down a slide at a county fair firing machine guns while they do it, looking like they're having the time of their life. As our own, as our own friend who likes this movie admits, there is less shooting than there should be in a Punisher film. Yes, I saw him only fire a gun three times. Which is sort of like watching the Batman film where he spends most of it in the car and then kills people. And you're like, wait a minute, did you guys even like maybe try to look up Batman before you started this movie? Tim Burton was like, you know what my favorite part about Batman is when he's sitting, when he is driving his sick ride that he doesn't get out of. I want to make a NASCAR movie, but they won't let me, so Batman Returns is going to have a lot of car action. Just Tim Burton showed up and say, you guys all remember how Batman's a terrorist, right? Who, who won't get out of a car? You guys know that? Alright, let's begin day one. Um, it's my days of thunder. Of course, this is all something you can rehash by going back and listening to our Batman episode. Yes, that's right, Batman Returns. Another good episode. A fantastic episode. Um, so yeah, uh, with that said, we will be returning to you next week with a wonderful, uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren packed episode. Perhaps so, uh, highly. a punishing episode. Oh, son of a... So we should just that stop. Is... We should just stop right now. That is my fucking job, folks. <laughs> All right. We've talked about this. Do I come in every episode with a fucking stick up my ass about some plot point or two? Sometimes. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. Gentle weeps. <laughs> Finish this episode. <laughs>